Oh, wow. Melissa, come on up here. You thought you was free, didn't you? I saw, Melissa thought she was free. Turn, turn that microphone on me for me. <laughs> come on over here. This is good right here. See, you hold this one because I got one. Okay. See, we, we have a plan. See, I'm opening up her prophetic gifting. We talked last night. She was in the service last night. And I said, tomorrow morning, you're going to prophesy with me. So all night long, she was awake all night long going like this. No, no, no. She, she said, she kept saying, I'm not going to be nervous. I'm not going to be nervous. And she's not nervous. Okay. I want to pray for her first. See, I believe that part of the apostolic and prophetic gifting, the part that makes us uh, function as one of the fivefold ministry is the ability to release other ministries. You remember that Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, Timothy, stir up the gift that's within you that you receive through the laying out of hands and the words from the presbytery. That means there was a group of apostles and prophets that had hands on Timothy and released his ministry. So I'm going to lay hands on her, and I'm going to release her prophetic ministry, and then I'm going to prophesy, and she's going to prophesy. Right? Does that sound good? So I want, you, I want you to have, I don't want to just do it. I want you to see it so you'll have understanding. Are you the dancer with the flags? I love those flags. I love those flags. Okay, and so, so I want to say it before I forgot. So anyway, we're, are you ready for this? Okay, so okay, just put your hands way up high. I'll put this down for just a minute. Now I'll get back to you. Okay. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. We pray over Melissa, Father. We thank you for her life. We thank you for her gifting. And I'm going to touch you, okay? Father, right now, we release and take the cap off her prophetic ministry, Father. We release it right now. Hey, Silam Baha. Whoa! Father, we thank you that that ministry is now released and able to come into fruition, Father. Whoa, Father. Big ministry, Father. We call it forth in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. Now we'll see if it's going to work. That's how you find out. Did it work? <laughs> you don't know yet, do you? Okay, here we go. Okay. I'm going to prophesy, and then she's going to prophesy. Now, I'll tell you what I told her. I said, if you have something of your own, give it. If you don't, when I start to prophesy, the Lord's going to show you things about what I'm saying. You come and add your part. This is, how, this is how you teach prophetic ministry. I can do it from 12 to 60. I just take them with me and do this very same thing. I've done it all over South America. Every place we go, this is how you release prophetic ministry. Every place we go. My wife and I have been doing this for 30, 40 years. We're really good at this. And I want you to see it work so that you'll get a vision that, listen, I've got a ministry. God can do the same thing for me. And this is the year for which I'm going to prophesy. So I heard the Lord say this this morning on the way in. The Lord says, when you were thought of in my mind before you were even conceived, the Lord says, I set up a plan and a destiny for your life. And the Lord says, few find their destiny in me. And the Lord says, if you will seek my face and my will and never tell me no, I will have the ability to position you 
for greatness. And you will find your destiny. The Lord says, I had a plan. That plan for you, if you're 12 years old, is already in effect. If you're 60 or 70 years old, it has not gone away. The Lord says, I have a plan for your life. If you've not started to find the plan, then I've had to modify it. Because you can't do in 10 years what you could do in 60 years. But the Lord says, I can make five years seem like 100 years if you're following me and walking my anointing. The Lord says, if you are not afraid of me and will trust me with your life, everything that you produce in the Spirit will bring glory to my name. But the Lord says, you must follow and seek your destiny. You have to want it more than you want the very next breath you take. And the Lord says, if you don't want it like that, you'll never find it. But the Lord says, don't be mistaken. Every person that I've ever thought of in my mind, I've got a destiny and a plan for their life. And the Lord says, your job is to seek me and follow me. The Lord says, you don't have to figure out the plan. All you got to do is seek me and follow me. And the Lord says, if you'll submit to me, I will place you in places of destiny. That's the secret to living in the spirit, in the spirit and living in the life of the supernatural. Learning how to submit to me. Learning how to yield to me. The Lord says, this is that season I'm doing destiny in this church. Because this church has a destiny. This church has a destiny. I prophesied over this church in 2005. Some pastors have come and gone. There's nobody here as pastors, with the exception of Bill Sweeney. He was here when that prophecy was given 10 years ago. How many of you know God said what he said he meant it? And it's not going away. That destiny's still out there. That destiny includes all of South Georgia. I still see it. I see it with my, my faith. My wife said, is that still alive? We talked about it this morning. I said, it's very much alive. Yeah, that's, excuse me. My wife told me this morning. I, I, excuse me, honey. Okay. And so, so the Lord says, if you want destiny, I am a destiny God. The Lord says, all you got to do is quit doing your stuff and do my stuff. This is a season, said the Lord, to push in to the Spirit of God and find out where the Spirit's going to take you. Okay, go ahead. The Lord said. The Lord says he loves you. He's not mad at you. The Lord loves you. He's not mad at you. He's not waiting to punish you. And I haven't been back with him but just about seven months. But all I, all I feel lately is his love. And I just want everyone else to know that he loves you. And he just loves you. He numbered the hairs on your head. And his plan, he does have one. And I love you too. All right. Good start. <laughs> Bless the Lord. I love this stuff. All right, we're going to do something I've never done before. How, how, how would you like to be guinea pigs for this? Yes, honey. No, just tell me. Oh, you want to whisper? Remember, I got the mic on. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. 
Anybody, all of us are called to do that. You don't, have, you don't have to be a prophet to be an encouragement to somebody else. You don't have to be a prophet to be an encouragement to somebody in your workplace, at your supermarket, at the clinic, pumping gas. We're all called to do that, right? Edify, encourage, and edify. And Amen? I just wanted to point that out because he's not the only one that gets to do that. We get to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. The prophet's job is to teach you how to prophesy, how to hear the voice of God, really, and be prophetic. Hearing the voice and speaking for God is what the prophetic is all about. And so, let's see, how old are you, son? Seven? Okay. And how old are you? How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? You. And you? Okay. So this, they all belong to you? All six of them? Yeah, but she should. She's beautiful. She's, she's okay. Okay. So you got six here. You got enough for a whole prophetic team. Now, now, now listen. I went into a church, and in four hours, I trained kids five to 12 to hear the voice of God and to prophesy and to heal the sick. Four hours took them right into supernatural ministry. And some of you have been around a long time and can't do that. But this is your season. God wants you to have a spiritual life. And all you kids need to be taught how to hear the voice of God and speak for him. You're really anointed for prophetic ministry. So how do I know that? Because I'm a prophet. I know stuff. All right. <laughs> the... Uh, we're going we're gonna to do something I've never done. I've, I've been praying about this for two months. I got a 12-step status report. I got 1 through 12, and I got yes or no. And so every person's going to get one, even the kids. If, they can, if they're smart enough and old enough to write their name up here, okay, then they're old enough to fill out the sheet. And I'll, t I'll tell you when to mark the sheet. I'm gonna, I'm, this is going to be by the numbers. It doesn't, it, anybody can do this. The seven-year-old can do this if he wants to. If he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. Why don't we let the ushers do that? Okay. <laughs> okay. I wanna, so, so I'm going to give one of these to everybody. Put your name at the top, and it says how long you've been saved. Okay? So we're going to, where's the ushers? Will the ushers come forward? I need two ushers, three ushers. Come on, young man. Come on forward. How about you? How about you? You're dressed up like an usher this morning. You look good. You're sharp. Come on. Help me. I got four. I got four. I'm good. I'm good. I got four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how we're going to do this. We got two. You guys forget how they're going to do it. I don't, I got, I'm just going to talk about it for a minute. I got enough here for everybody. Make sure the people in the sound booth get it. Okay. Make sure everybody gets one. Now, don't pay, don't watch the ushers. Don't read the sheet. It's a simple sheet. Listen to what I'm going to tell you, because I want you to hear this. I think I should have did this later, but that's okay. Hand them out, and then we'll start. There we go. You put your name. I don't know your name, but you put your name there, and then you put, did your kids give some? Okay. Then you're going to put how many years you've been saved. If you're not, if you, if you're not saved, put not yet. That's all. The pastor is going to get these sheets. 
So the pastor is going to know more about you than he's ever known about you when we get done. He's going to, he's going to, you're going to give him answers to questions he's not asked. But I'm going to ask him this morning. Langston, mark all the squares yes and come up helping. <laughs> you say, Norm, what in the world is this guy going to do? I thought he was going to preach. Oh, I am. Who needs a pen? Someone got a pen? I got an extra pen. Okay, hand it right over your shoulder when you get done. You can share for the, it won't, you, there'll be enough time in between to share the pens. Let's, uh, let's move this back. Ready? Yeah, just set it back back here. Because I'm going to carry this. You just stand by, I'll carry it. Everybody got the sheet? Now, let me be very honest with you. If you all had come Saturday morning or Saturday night, I'd have done it yesterday. But you didn't come yesterday at all, morning or night, so I'm doing it Sunday morning. Normally, I wouldn't do this on Sunday morning. But it's not about decorum, it's about getting the answers to the questions. So we, got, we have to know this information. We cannot minister life to you in certain areas unless we know what you don't know. And that's what this is going to be about this morning. When, when you get all done, just bring them up and put them right there in that seat and be fine. Everybody got one? You got them in the back? In the sound booth. Okay, pay attention to me. Don't talk to one another. <laughs> I'm bold. Aren't I, aren't I sassy? Yeah. Well, I'm free. I'm free. You know, when a pastor brings me in for a purpose, we kind of have a purpose. He has no idea how I'm going to fulfill that purpose. But he, we trust one another enough to he, he gives me freedom. And that's good. Where, Langston, where'd you go? Just come up there. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to do a preliminary. When a person is called of God, how many know every person's called of God? He has the beginning stages. He starts what I call, so we're going to call them steps, but they're stations. There's a station. Something happens to me here, I have experience with God. I go over here, I have another experience with God. I go over here, I have another experience with God. Every person is supposed to have these 12 experiences with God. And many of you don't even know the experiences exist. So we have to go through and find out what don't you know about what, what, what haven't you experienced yet so we can create a venue where you can experience what you're supposed to experience? See, otherwise, it will never happen. Let me give you a for instance. There are some churches that do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit while speaking in tongues. Right? So those, they have never, ever, 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 30, 40, 50 years saved, they've never come to experience three. Ever. 50 years saved, never got to experience three. If they don't get to experience three, how can they get to experience 12? Which is being apostolic release for your ministry. That's number 12. So if you're going to be apostolic released to your ministry, how many want to fulfill what God has for you to do? Don't be afraid to say no. What about you? You want, to, you want to fulfill God's call in your life? Okay, raise your hand. This is audience participation. 
If, if you don't raise your hand, that means you don't care what God has for you. If you care what God has for you and you want to fulfill it, then you raise your hand. I mean, just right. So I know. So I look at you and I want to know what you're, what's going on inside you. You have to respond to me. It's very important. See, I could just let you slide and then you'll remain a mystery. You've hidden the purpose of your heart. But see, if you raise your hand, then I've got a right to say, come on. If you said you want everything God for you, come on, we're going to go out here and heal the sick today. See, 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 that, see, but if you don't raise your hand, I don't know what's going on in there. But if you commit to saying, I want something from God, I'll say, good, come and go with me, you'll find it. And some of you should be the ones who say, Sister Susie, if you go with me, you'll find your destiny. Doesn't have to be one of us. Doesn't have to be that way. Bill has fulfilled a lot of ministry. You guys should have been going with Bill to the prisons for the last 10 years. See, there's times you could have gone, but you missed those times. It's over. Bill can't take you anymore. He's going to take you someplace else, though. If you go with Bill, he'll take you someplace else. Why? Because God's taking him someplace he wants to go. So you got to find out what the 12 stations are. So we're going to go through the process. Now, station number 11, you see, he's doing this backwards. No, I want to tell you where we're going. Station number 11 says this, 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, but we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, let me tell you about ambassadors. We were sharing this yesterday. It was fun. An ambassador is someone who goes from one country in our common knowledge, in our, in our secular knowledge. He goes from the United States. They got one in Ecuador. He goes to Ecuador. He's an ambassador down there. Now, he lives in a house called an embassy that even though it's in Ecuador, it's owned by the United States. And in that house, the rules of the United States apply, not the rules of Ecuador. And the, the ambassador comes, and everything's paid for. He's, he, he dresses himself, because he's got a dress, right, to leave the house. He dresses himself. He leaves everything behind. He goes to Ecuador, and everything's provided. All his housing, all his food, all his cars, everything's provided. Now, let me tell you what happened. I was sent to Ecuador as an ambassador in 2008. My wife and I were in financial trouble in 2008. We were not poor. We've never been poor. But we were broke. Never missed a payment, but we, were, we didn't have any money. So I go as an ambassador there, and he took care of every single thing. Now, there's a funny thing about being an ambassador. You know, did you know that they'll have ambassadors on TV sometimes, and you know they're no, they're no longer ambassadors, but you know they're still called ambassadors? You never lose your title. Once you become an ambassador, you're an ambassador. But here's the thing for me. When I became an ambassador, from that day till now, God pays all my bills. And you, if you become an ambassador, you'll never want for anything again. God will supernaturally supply everything. He pays for his ambassadors. No matter where he sends them, he pays for it. Now, you may pay a personal cost. It costs to follow the Lord. But he's going to pay your bills and take care of you. See, you look at Paul's missionary journey. Now, Paul did some tent making while he was out there on the road. But how many of you know he went all over the world? That's what, he was an ambassador. He says, we're ambassadors. He's talking about us collectively. We are designed to be ambassadors for Christ to represent Jesus. Now listen, if you look at the life of Jesus, honestly, 
what did he do? He came out of the desert filled with the Holy Ghost and power. Matthew 4.17, he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Now, why was the kingdom of heaven at hand? Because the king was here. The king was there, and the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And from that day forward, he did mighty works. Healed the sick, raised the dead, cast out devils, healed the lepers, multiplied the bread. Peter, go down to catch the fish in the first fish's mouth. We don't know how many fish he caught. In the first fish's mouth is the gold for the taxes. How would you never have to worry about paying taxes again? God's going to pay them for you. See, so, so, so there's, a, there's a place in the kingdom that Jesus does. And if you're going to represent Jesus, you have to look like him, act like him, do what he did, and get the results he got. Going to heal the sick, going to raise the dead, going to cast out devils, going to prophesy, tell people what's coming. See, he prophesied, but we didn't call it that in the Old Testament the same way. When he went to the woman at the well, said, said, where's your husband? She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you've had seven husbands, and now you're living with a man who's not your husband. Prophetic word, word of knowledge. She tells her exactly where she's at. But he says, now he says, listen, don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. We're going to change the situation. You know one of the, the hooker? It was really wild. She wasn't Jewish. <laughs> See, Jesus did all the spectacular things with Gentiles because there was a time coming that everything belonged to the Jews would belong to the Gentiles. That's us, folks. Okay, okay so, so, so we're going to look like Jesus. So how many of you can go up to someone who's sick and pray for them and they'll get healed? Don't answer your question. Honey, my wife very quickly raised her head. We've, raised, we've healed thousands of people. I watched my wife lean on her cane to stand up and get people healed. What's one got to do with the other? Nothing. And she never let it hold her back. So, so, so we're gonna, if you're going to represent Jesus as an ambassador, you've got to be well-trained. See, so when I say to you, do you want to be an ambassador, think about it before you answer that question. Because if you want to be an ambassador, pastor's going to stand up, and he's going to see who wants to be an ambassador, and then he's going to put you in a training program to become an ambassador. Why? So you can fulfill your destiny. You're called, of all the things you're called, to be an ambassador for Christ and represent Jesus to a lost and dying world, and for the most part in our lifetime, to a church that doesn't know him in his power. Okay, come stand up. See, this is, remember, you're accountable for what you say. If you just say no, it's fine, but if you say yes, then we hold you accountable. How many of you want to be an ambassador for Christ? This is, this is your new school. See him? You can call him on the phone and say, get in the school. This is your turn. All right, guys, good. See, you got enough to really do this thing. Okay, now we're going to do the 12 steps, okay? Are, are you with me? Everybody understand me, right? Plain, right? Okay, good. Okay, come on. Langston's going to be my guy. I chose Langston for two reasons. See? He's totally submitted to me. I don't have to fight with him. With him, with his, if he doesn't understand me, he's still going to do what I tell him to do. No, no, this is, this is, listen, this is how it works with God. I don't have to know what God wants me to do to obey him. I just have to trust him. See? Well, I have to know what the deal is before I'll agree to it. Not with God. That's not how it works. You've got to agree to trust him before, otherwise he'll never give you any instructions. 
So this is a young man. So I meet him. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. If a man believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth that Jesus is Lord, he'll be saved. You want to be saved? Yes. Okay, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Is he, is, do you believe in your heart? Yes, I believe it in my heart. Okay, he's saved. Step number one. Now, this is important. Some people have never done this. You've been going to church all your life. I went to church all my life and got saved at 32. I was preaching in the pulpit before I got saved. Come on. They don't teach a lot where I was at. Okay. So anyway, he's here. Here's what's happened to him. Immediately, his spirit that was dead to God came alive. The spirit that was dead is now alive in him. He's moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. Now I'm going to say something about your families. I don't know your family, so it's not personal, okay? If your families are not saved, they live in a different kingdom than you live in. And you need to understand that, and you need to realize that, and you need to deal with that. Spirit, I mean, spirit, the spirit of light and the spirit of darkness don't mix. You'll always be at odds with people who aren't saved. If you're your family, you'll expect your family to be Christian towards you. But if they're not saved, they can't. If their spirit's dead and they're not alive, they're dead, no matter how much you love them. See, this is, this is why we have to have truth spoken in the church, so you get an understanding. No wonder my brother always disappoints me. He can't, doesn't have what it takes to love me the way I should be loved. He doesn't have it. Don't blame him. How many times did you witness to him? Listen, you need to get saved. See, see the, 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 when, you, when someone's dead, they need to be brought alive. Okay, so he's saved. Okay, go to the next one. Okay, so now we take station number two. We're going to get him water baptized. We're going to take him down. We're going to put him in the water. Shunk, he's going to come up. The scripture says, I got, I got wrote everything down just so I won't get confused. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, he goes, the old man goes in the water and he comes up alive to newness of life. Now there's a cleansing from the world that must take place in your life. Most of you, when you got baptized, you were told this. It's an outward sign of an inward repentance. Well, yes, but that's not the fact. How many of you got saved by faith? Wow, when I go in this water, that old life is gone, man. All of my past, all those things I did, all that stuff I went through, it's behind me, man. I'm going to come alive to a newness of life, and that past is, I'm cleansed from everything behind me. Did you get saved like that? Did you believe for that when you were water baptized? If not, you need to have another water baptism for your church. Change your life if you do it by faith. It releases all that junk. I've been baptized four times at different levels of my revelation. Okay, so now he's, he's, he, now he's water baptized. Number three. Now, all this, by the way, is in, 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 uh, in uh, Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. Paul comes to Ephesus. He's got about 12 disciples there. He says, have you received the Spirit since you believed? And they said, we didn't even know there was a Spirit. Immediately he knows there's something wrong. With their, with their experiences. There's an event they didn't have. He said, what baptism were you baptized with? He said, John's baptism for repentance. That's a good baptism, but it doesn't do what the baptism of the Holy Spirit does. He preaches Jesus to them. They get water baptized. They get filled with the Holy Ghost. They speak in tongues, and they prophesy. Seven verses. That's how they started the church at Ephesus. See, that's how this church 
was started, by the way. Yeah, there were charismatic Christians that came together and started this church. Is that not true? Charismatic Christians got together, spirit-filled Christians. We're going to start a work here. Okay, so, so, so say this with me. Say, Jesus, by the way, is the baptized Holy Ghost. He showed up at the River Jordan. John looks at him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It is he who baptizes with fire and with the Spirit of God. Actually, Spirit of God and with fire. Now, why is that important? There's three baptisms. We just went through three baptisms. Hebrews 6, 1 and 2. The first one, stay right there. The first one, I'm baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. The second one, I'm baptized into water by man. The third one, I'm baptized into, into the Spirit by Jesus. That's why we know there's different works, different agents, different elements we're baptized into. So say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I want to receive the Holy Ghost. I want to receive the Holy Ghost. Fill me now. Fill me now. Say, I have it. I am filled with the Holy Ghost. Now pray in tongues. Okay, now prophesy. God has opened the door for you to walk through today, and if you will believe in him and trust him, you'll walk through, and he will order your steps. He has prepared you already by providing a light. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Sure. See, turned him loose, didn't we? See, because not only when he got born again, not only did he learn how to do all this stuff, he also was named a prophet by Jesus, Ephesians 4, 8. Okay, okay. okay, station number four. Now, this is, this is a little different, but this is what Jesus did. He took his disciples, Matthew 10, 7 and 8. He says, go, preach, say the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely received, freely give. Jesus laid his hands on them and sent them out to do the works of the ministry. Your sole purpose in life, besides finding your destiny, is to represent Jesus doing works of ministry all the days of your life. Every place you go, people should get healed. Every place you go, people should be prophesied to. Hear the word of the Lord for people. See, every place you go, restaurants, Oh, I, I, just, I don't have time to give you all the testimonies. If I, if I started giving you testimonies, we would never get out of here. It would be station four the rest of the time. But getting filled with the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, prophesying is the purpose of God for your life. If you don't have that, then you, on your thing, you write down, remember, you got your things. You write, let's mark your things. Am I saved? You mark the box, yes. Am I water baptized? You mark the box, yes. If you don't want, if you want to be rebaptized, the way out by faith, then mark it no, so pastor knows he's got to do something. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, mark it yes. I'm giving you a past and prophecy here because we're coming back to it. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, speak in tongues, number four, you mark yes. Are you with me? Everybody got a mark, one through four? Yes? Okay, number five. Deliverance and inner healing. Now, theoretically, say theoretically. If you have a real experience with God, there should have been a complete deliverance in the water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? And you should be healed of all the wounds from your past. But I am a realist. If you got wounded in your past, if you went through a divorce, if you've lost a child to, 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 to an accident or fire or, or, or they died of a sickness, okay? If you've, if you've been abandoned by a spouse or a parent, if you've, if you've had trauma in your life, how many have had trauma in your life? See, how many have been wounded by other people? Okay, so when you come into this point, you're supposed to be healed of that. 
You're supposed to go through inner healing. Father, right now, we take all the pain out of Langston's heart, all rejection. We just release it from him now, Father. We cast out, we come against the spirit of rejection and, 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 and uh, oppression, and we cast it away from him. We set him free, Father. We deliver him. Father, be healed, Langston, in your inner being. See, so we take him through deliverance and inner healing. If you've not done this ever in your life, you need this. Everybody needs this. Don't think you're different. Everybody needs this. How do I know that? Jesus died on the cross that you be set free. That's what, when we talk about breaking chains and bondages, you get a trauma in your life. My, my son went through a trauma. We got hurt in a church. I had a church. I got kicked out of my own church. Well, Margie, I both, we got kicked out of our church. It was our church. We got kicked out. And my son got hurt about it. He didn't want anything to do with us. He didn't want anything to do with God. He didn't want anything to do with church. He got healed. He's a prophet of God. He's going to waste. He got healed. He needed to be healed. And he got healed. See, He went through inner healing. We, there's a thing called sozo training. Sozo means totally healed. Nothing broken. And, uh, help me, honey. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. We're supposed to come. Yeah, totally saved, totally healed, totally delivered. So we come to a wholeness. Now, you notice when we do this, now, I've got you operating in power before you're whole. You know why I did that? Because you're, you're number five. Let's go back to four a minute. When you start to operate in the power of God, the scripture, here's what the scripture says. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, no, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, I came to you, he's, he's writing to the Corinthians, I came to you in the spirit and in power. I didn't come to you with enticing words. Anybody that can be talked into a salvation can be talked out of it. Did you know that? See, but I came to you in the spirit and power so that when you had faith, you had faith in the power of God. See, when you say, I believe the scriptures, well, that's fine and good. But are you willing to trust the scriptures? See, most people aren't willing to trust the scriptures. Well, what if I pray for somebody and don't get healed? Trust the scriptures. He said, if you pray for them, they'll get healed. See, so, so, so what happens to us is we never, we never encounter the power of God. When you use the power of God from inside of you to heal someone and set them free and raise them from the dead and the lepers cleanse, something happens to you. You have faith in the power of God to heal and deliver. And if it works for somebody else, it'll work for me. See, then I have faith in God. No matter what my situation is, I got faith in God's power to bring me up and put me over. My wife always says to me, God bailed you out again. I said, that's his job. That's how it works. I got complete confidence in the goodness of God. That's why I like your prophecy this morning. It's a good prophecy. Complete confidence in the goodness of God. He's always good. He's never bad. He's never mad at you. Where, how could he be mad at you? Where would he go to find mad and anger and hatred? He doesn't have any of that stuff. It's not part of his nature. He's good all the time. He loves you so much. But you'll never know it until you start operating in his goodness towards other people. And he knew, Jesus knew that. He took him out there and said, go heal those people. They came back. They said, Jesus, even the devils flee at your mention of your name. Oh, yeah. Jesus, a name above every name. No other name written in heaven by which a man can be saved. Wow, the name of Jesus. I love that this morning's good. Because in station five. So we get them delivered, we get them healed. Station six. It's good in it. Like this, like you like this? Lawrence, it's good in it. Okay. Number six. 
I'm going to write a book called, No, No, Not to Church. You get someone saved, you're not supposed to take him to church. Why? Because they become the church when they're saved. And then where do you take them? You take them to the kingdom. Wow, there's a kingdom. And there's a king. I belong to him. I'm going to live different. All the rest of the days of my life, I belong to another kingdom. I don't, I'm not an American anymore. I'm a kingdom guy. Oh, wow. I'm certainly not a Democrat or a Republican. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't get a fair. I don't get involved in the affairs of this world. Now, you're supposed to vote because you've got to be a good citizen. No, I'm, man, this, 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 I'm, I live in this kingdom, and out of this kingdom, which can supply all my need, I'm going to become an ambassador. When I became an ambassador, listen, we don't have a financial problem since the day I chose to become an ambassador to Ecuador in 2008. I quit my job and went. Now, you're not supposed to quit your job and went unless God tells you. But he told me to go and become an ambassador, and he paid all my bills. And there was a lot of bills. Totally wiped out our debt. There was a season. Listen, I know what it's like. There was a season that I carried a $20,000 credit line from zero interest credit, credit, credit card to zero interest credit card to zero interest credit card because we were broke. We didn't have any money to pay the $20,000. She, she had a, an operation. She couldn't work. Never went back to full-time work after 2001. Listen, we out there. Deep stuff, man. Deep stuff. Believe in God. You know what God did? He delivered me. That's what God does. He says, go be an ambassador for me. I looked at her. I said, am I supposed to do this? She says, I think you should obey God. I said, I think I should too. Off I went. I mean, just, I'm not trying to hold myself up. But I'm trying to tell you how it works. And then all of a sudden, I became an ambassador. He paid all our bills. I came home from Ecuador after three years. Every bill we had was paid except our mortgage. Wild stuff. Wild stuff happened. I, I could spend hours telling you stuff happened. Can't do it. Got to go. Okay. Okay, so now we're in. Learn to live in the kingdom. Oh, now this is harder. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7. If he taught on, kingdom, on this, these three chapters for six months, some of you still wouldn't get it. But watch this. See, he has to learn how to live in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So I come up to him and I slap him. See, he has got to do what? See, you don't know. Turn the other cheek. He's going to let me hit him on the other side. I ate you harder than you thought, didn't I? <laughs> Did anything jump up in there? Any anger? Anything in there? No. See, he's got to turn the other cheek. Listen, how many of you, some of you get offended at every little thing. How many, how many, got, how many got offended at something this week, at a neighbor or a relative or something? You got offended. Let me tell you something about this offense. It's killing you. You can't afford it. You can't afford offense. Kills you. Takes you completely out of the kingdom of God. The devil says, how many of you saw Star Wars, the first one? Remember Star Wars, the first one? Luke's fighting with Darth Vader. He starts to, get, he starts to lose. And he starts to get angry at his dad. This is his own dad, right? And the emperor's standing there watching. He says, go ahead, Luke. Get mad. Then I've got you. That's what the devil does. He's waiting for you to get mad. Because if you get mad, he got you. He's going to do something to you you're not going to like. And you're going to say, oh, I don't know why the devil's after me. Because you get offended all the time. That's why. You give him a handle to grab a hold of. Jesus said, the devil's going to come for me. But when he, comes, when he gets to me, 
he'll find no place in me that can be affected by him. Sin free. This is a true story. I go down, I go to work for Prophet Randy Lester in Jacksonville in 1999. I leave Miami, quit my job, and go to work for him in the, in the, in the, in the prophet school. I traveled a circuit for two years going from church, you know, from four schools and, and ministering these four schools. Um, Waycross, Georgia, Jacksonville, Aldermonte Springs, and Orlando in Miami. That's right. Two years. Okay. And somebody asked him, why did you hire Norm to come to work for you? He said, it's almost impossible to offend him. How many know eventually I got offended? Because you can get offended. Okay. But I want you to, I don't get offended. And I'm, I, you can't, you can't, now you can embarrass me, but you can't offend me. I can't afford it. See, that night, remember the night, all those kids there, all those cerebral palsy kids were there? Can't afford to get offended. That pastor just stuck me in the eye with a stick. Can't afford to be offended. Just because he's a lousy pastor doesn't mean I can be offended. I mean, he told me, he, he broke his agreement to me. And I got 37 seconds from where he told me to that pulpit to minister, and those kids were down there all twisted in cerebral palsy. They had to come out of those wheelchairs, and one of them did. My wife walked her all around the church, first time in her life she ever walked in 14 years. No, you can't afford to get offended and do this kind of stuff for God. And some of you live in offense. You're always mad at somebody. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. The other thing is judging. We talked about that last night. You guys missed a couple of good services. You didn't get the CDs. Okay, but last night we talked about judging. See, I do something in my prophetic gifting, and somebody with a different gifting gets offended at me because that's not how I do I would do it if it was me. You can't do it like me. I do it like me, and you do it like you. My secret is when you do it like you, I can't get offended at you. And you learn to appreciate the people in the church have, who have different giftings. You learn to, that we, we have gifts differing from one another. He made us that way. Some of us are servants, and you serve. That's all you do is serve. We need good ushers. Now, ushers got to be supernatural. You're supposed to be back there every day when people come in, and someone comes in, and they're downcast. You say, what's wrong, brother? What's wrong, sister? Can I pray with you? You can pray with them before they come in here. They don't have to come in here and have a service of about two hours and wish they were home dying. you got to meet them at the front and, and pray for them. So when they come here, they're free to worship. I mean, you know, come on. So you have to have supernatural ushers. But you can serve. You can be a servant and still be supernatural. See? Okay. So we, where are we at? We're at number six. So you got to learn to live in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Don't be offended. Don't, don't, don't give offense. Don't judge other people. When they slap you on the cheek, you turn the other cheek. Almost impossible for us to turn the other cheek and we get slapped. Almost impossible. We're affronted. We're insulted. And the answer is, Jesus never said a mumbling word when they took him to the cross. Certainly you can stand a little slapping now and then. I don't take, nobody insults me and gets away with it. Man, you, you'll never be godly. Because godly people are willing to be insulted for Jesus. Why? Because I represent him. I can't have my own opinion about things. Lord, you said you don't mean to be offended. I won't be offended. Wow. Wow, come on. You told me not to be offended. I won't be offended. I made a decision not to be offended. Now, can I get mad at my wife and yell at her? Yes. 
Okay, you understand? You get irritated about something and I raise my voice. And she'll say, you're raising your voice. And she doesn't get offended. See? Because she lives the same place I live. We live in the kingdom together. Listen, marriages, if you guys aren't living in the kingdom, your marriage isn't going to last. Sooner or later, you guys are going to have a big fight. But if you're living in the kingdom, if I do make a mistake, I say, honey, you're right. I'm so sorry. I apologize. I make it right. See, I put it back together. I don't let it wait. I don't get mad for three. I haven't been mad three or four days at my wife, I don't think, in 20 years. Don't, we don't, you can't, how are you going to live being mad at the person you're married to and call yourself a Christian? See, see, you can't do that. So you got to learn to live in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Matthew 6 says this, seek first the kingdom of God. That means that you say first. So when you leave here today, what's the first thing you're going to do? See, some of you, the first thing you can do is go to lunch. See, but he said the first thing you do is seek the kingdom of God. So you walk out here and say, Lord, where do you want me to go today for lunch? And so I'm going to go over there. He told me to go. Who do you want me to prophesy to? You want me to prophesy to the waiter, the hostess at the desk, call the manager out of the back. Who do you want me to prophesy to? Why? Because wherever you go, you're going to represent Jesus. And you're going to share the kingdom. See, you can live like this, and you'll have the glory of God working in your life all the time. This is joy and speak one full of glory. I mean, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. You say, well, you're special because you're this guy. No, no, I'm just a guy. But I know who I am. If you find out who you are, it's the best experience in the world. You know something about Carol? Stand up, Carol. I said a general statement to Carol the other night at dinner. And she looked along the table and she said to me, I'm not like that. How about that? I love Carol and I love her ministry. She don't back up for anybody. She's tough as nails. See? You know who you are. That's the next thing I was going to say. You beat me. I know who I am. She knows who she is. She said, I'm not, that's not, whoever you're talking about, that's not me. And I don't want you to include me in that bunch. Come on. I don't, I'm, I, don't, I don't get offended at that. See, if you get offended at that, you can get offended at that. But I don't get offended, so it didn't bother me. I'm glad she told me. I know exactly where she's at. You need to know. Look around you. You need to know who these people are at. Look at your neighbor real quick. Everybody look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say this. If you would learn how to prophesy. No, no. Whoop, 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 Got to stop. Lawrence isn't doing it. Lawrence, look at your wife. Look at your wife. Say, say this. Say, 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 look, say, look. If you know how to prophesy... I would know the will of God for my life. It's your fault. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mark down five and six, guys. Yes or no? Come on, fill them up. Number four. No, number five is deliverance and their healing. If you've not done that, you need to do that. You need to be prayed for, okay? Number six. Learn to live in the kingdom. Can you be slapped in the face and not get offended? If you can't, the answer is no, I am not living there. Be honest about it. Come on, this is good. If you can't be honest with your pastor, who can you be honest with? If you can't be honest with your pastor, who can you be honest with? I'm going to tell you the truth. If you can't be honest with this pastor, you really need to get through this list of stuff, man. You got to be able to be honest with somebody somewhere. Okay, number seven. Now we're going to learn to walk in the Spirit. Go over here to number seven. We're going to learn to walk in the Spirit. Now let me tell you this. 
the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 22 and 23. What spirit are they the fruit of? Some of you didn't know the answer. So you think loving is something you do. And that's not how love works. See, I, I like this guy with the beard. I think he's great. I love your kids. You got, you got them all in the front row. I love that. See, you did a lot of work, I'm sure. You know why? Because they need a lot of work. Okay. I mean, we, all of us need work. But here's the thing. I love you, see? See, but let me tell you, my love for him can't be based on personality or anything. I don't know him. So I have to love him and sacrifice myself for him because the love is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So, so I have to love him by faith. See, and most people don't know. You like people or you don't like people. And those, the ones you like, you love. And the ones you don't like, you say, well, I kind of love them. And you put them in a different category. I'm telling you, I know how you live. I used to live like that. But I have to love him by faith. I have to love him without knowing him. I have to be willing to die for him without knowing him. See, are you willing to die for, how many are willing to die for this man? How many enemies are willing to die for him except his wife and his kids? And the pastor, I include the pastor. See, you understand what I'm saying? But you've got to love him with the love of the Spirit of God. Now, how does that work? Listen, I'm telling you stuff that you take 30 years to learn by yourself, or maybe never. Why is that? Because nobody understands it. The fruit of the Spirit are the fruit of the Spirit of God inside of me. What does that mean? That means I have to go through step three. I got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. See? I got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Shalom, speak in tongues, and I got to be prophesied. We want to prophesy to anything that moves. Why? Because that's how it works. Okay, now that he's in there, the Spirit's in there, then how do I love him? Let me tell you how I do it. He, the Spirit of God in me, wants to love him. No, no, the Spirit of God in him does love him. Okay, for me to love him, then what I do is not make up my mind to love him. Well, I do that in this sense. I decide I'm going to yield to the Spirit that's in me. I got to be willing to yield to the Spirit that's in me and go love this guy with the love of God. And I can do that because I yield to the Spirit. I say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now, my love for him might be stop doing that because I'm a prophet. See, but I love him. I'm willing to tell him. I don't, do I think, do I care if he gets mad at me? Well, sure I do. I'm a human. I don't want him mad at me. But I, don't, I love him enough to tell him the truth. See, that's how much I love him. I'm going to tell him the truth. But I love him. And if he thinks ill of me for it and he rejects me, i got to be willing to endure the rejection and the trauma that comes out of that because I love him. And I do it by faith. I'm going to do it by faith. Lord, you told me to love him. I'm gonna, do I have some people around me that I struggle with? Oh, yes. We all got them. But I do it by faith. I love them by faith. And I let the fruit of the Spirit that's in me be, be manifest itself the same way I do with the gifts of the Spirit. And that has to be manifested through me by me yielding and saying, Lord, I'm not going to get involved with this. You want to love this guy? I'll love him. I'm not going to have a personal opinion, no matter what he does that I don't like. See, you watch somebody waste their money. Week after week, they go out, they buy lottery tickets. They go down there, 
They go to the, you see them go out to eat at the McDonald's, take all their kids out, spend $30 or $40 every night, and they can cook rice at home for three bucks, and they spend 20 at the, at the McDonald's. And then on Sunday, they come in and say, I can't pay my light bill. And you want to haul off and just slap the heck out of them. See? You understand? If you do the right things, you wouldn't have this problem. No, that, I can't do that. Lord, what do you want me to do about this? And he's, most of the time, you'll say just, pay their light bill. They have no revelation. They don't understand. So I'm going to pay their light bill so that I have an avenue to continue to teach them so they'll learn not to go to the McDonald's five minutes a week. They cook the rice at home. But I can't teach them that if I reject them because they, they need something from me. Yeah, you hearing me? So that all comes from loving and by faith yielding to the Spirit of God in me. The Spirit of God in me will always do the right thing. When Norm doesn't do the right thing, it's because I did not yield to the Spirit of God. So you got you to accept the responsibility for that. The next time you do something ugly, if I'd have yielded to the Spirit of God, I wouldn't have done that. See, that's how the fruit works in your life. Patience. I learned to be patient in Ecuador. I go to the doctor's office. I sit down there and I do this. I'm in patient mode. You see me. She said, what are you doing? I say, nothing. I'm in patient mode. Hour, hour and a half. Right. Don't, don't get fidgety. I'm in patient mode. I learned that in Ecuador. They may come for you. They may not come for you. They're always going to be late. I'm ready. I never missed a meeting except once in 10 years in Ecuador. Boom. Sit down there and I'm ready. When they got there, I was ready. If I was late, it was their fault, not my fault. You know, I mean, I, I'm not the driver. I can't do anything about it. If I was driving, I'd be on time, but I'm not driving. Boom. And I got in the, I used to, and I used that all the time. I do it with my wife. I get in patient mode. I can't remember. We were doing something. I don't, we went into uh, Cracker Barrel, and she likes to look at all the doodads. I get in patient mode. If she spends an hour, what do I care? I'm retired. We're not going anywhere. I mean, why would I get irritated over that? She's my wife. I love her. I'm willing to die for it. At least I can do is be patient with it, right? So I, patience, patience is something you do on purpose. It's a fruit of the Spirit. i got to yield to God. If you're not going to willing to yield to God, none of this stuff works. But man, if you want to have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you learn to yield. Okay, Lord, you want me to be patient? I'll be patient. You push away that. you got this push on you to do something? Nope. Get away from me. I'm not going there. Oh, that's very good. My wife said this. The pressure. She said the pressure. You ready for this? The reason you pray in tongues a lot is because the pressure on the inside has to be greater than the pressure from the outside. And when people are disturbed and they come and they're fraught with worry and they got problems, I tell them, I can tell they're not praying in tongues. Why? Because praying in tongues strengthens you and in your inner man. See? Jude 20. But ye, beloved, building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. My family used to go to bed at 10 o'clock at night. I was up till 11. Building and building that and building that in there, building that in there, building that. If you're going to be prophetic, you've got to do a lot of it. You've got to set aside time. I'm not going out tonight, guys. I'm going to stay home and pray in the Holy Ghost for three hours. What would happen? Great things. Oh, they don't happen while you're praying in tongues. They happen when you're out here with this young man like this, and you say, the Lord wants you to know that even though they're your main purpose in life, the Lord says, it's not enough. 
when you get to heaven, the Lord says, I'm going to ask you what you did about your ministry. And the Lord says, you've been backing away from the ministry because you're busy with the kids. And the Lord says, no longer. You have to share your life with me to be a better father to them. And the Lord says, when you find your ministry, then you can take them and teach them how to do ministry by faith. And the Lord said, it'll change the dynamic of your family. It'll bring you to a whole new level. You and your wife will be closer than you've ever been. And all the other issues of your life will fade away. That, you can do that when you pray in the Holy Ghost a lot. And if you don't do it, nothing happens. Okay, number seven. Seven, you're going to learn to walk in the Spirit. Okay, number eight. I'm telling you, all these have to happen in your life. Number eight. Learn your identity, Romans 8, 14 to 11. The scripture there talks about your adoption. You have to learn to walk in your adoption. And in the in whom's and in him's. There's many scriptures. If you get a Strong's concordance, you can get on the, oh, who's, if y'all got an iPhone, you can get right on it, boom, get up Strong's, and you get all the in him's and in whom's. And everything that, that, that's in there tells you what he's produced for you with his death on the cross. In him that you have this, in him you have this, in whom this was accomplished, in whom. And all those are your identity. Romans 8, 14 says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. And most people that are saved are only children. They never become mature sons. They never learn to live by the Spirit of God. You never learn to live by the Spirit of God. My wife will say, you know what the Lord told me? I told her, you know what the Lord told me? Our conversation is filled with the things the Lord told us. And if she tells me the Lord told her to do something, you know what I say? I think you ought to do that. I was in Ecuador for three, 21 days. I would come home for a week. I called her up on the first day of December or thereabouts. And I say to her, the Lord just told me to go to a conference January 26 and 27 of January, he told me to go to that conference. I'm supposed to come home, 26 is a Monday. I'm supposed to come home on Monday. He, she, and he says, you want you, I want you to go to that conference. I have, I have no reason to go to this conference. It was a guy coming from Columbia. It was going to be a Spanish conference. And I had no reason to go. I said, Lord, why am I going to that conference? I want you to go to that conference. So what I did, now if I do that, that means I can't come home till Wednesday. I'll only be home four days or five days before I got to come back. So I called my wife and said, what do you think I should do? You know what she said? I think you should go to the conference. Why? Because we believe in doing what we're told. So I go to the conference. I have to get my, I, I, I got my, my uh, translator for free, but I had to buy her a ticket. It cost me 50 bucks to go to the conference. She had to buy the ticket. That's why he told me in December. For the plane, because I have to have the, the plane. So I go, to the, I go to that conference. I meet a man. And I moved from Guayaquil to Quito for a year, and he, he gave me a three-bedroom apartment to live in in Quito. When it was now by, by May of 2010, I no longer could work in Guayaquil. I lost my free transportation, and the taxis were costing me 600 a month. I couldn't afford it. God said, he already, how many know God knew that was coming back in December? So he moved me. I met this guy in January, and he moves me to Quito, gives me a three-bedroom apartment, at the church. It'd be, it'd be like living out here in, the, in one of these buildings and living right on the church property. I spent a year there with them. Changed the whole church. 500 people got filled with the Holy Ghost, prophesying and dancing before the Lord and all kind of stuff. 
I, I wish I could tell that story. I can't tell that story. Okay, so anyway, you have to learn who your identity is. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. You got to know who you are in the Lord. You need to know sonship. You need to know that you're a son and what that means. Now, I didn't say a child of God. You get saved, you're a child of God. You need to be a son of God. Why? Because the sons have all the fun. Man, the anointing's there, the power's there. You become an ambassador and he pays all your bills, takes care of you, sends you around the world. You know, you just get to, you get to share in the ministry of Jesus everywhere you go. You watch 500 people get healed, see 500 people get filled with the Holy Ghost. You see people's lives change. You watch families pray together at the altar. All that comes out of being obedient to the Lord. But you don't, you're willing to do that if you, know, if you have an identity. I'm his son, and I obey him. He's my father. So you have to understand he's a father. You don't sometimes, how many think of God sometimes as being someone far away who wants me to do stuff? See, but he's not. He's your father. He loves you more than you love you, if that's possible. He loves you so much, he sent his son, his son to die for you as a son. He, that son died so you could become a son. Oh, come on, you got to see this thing in its greatness. He wants me to be a son? I'm willing to be a son. How does that work? It's easy. You do what I tell you to do. Oh, is that all? You start crucifying the flesh. You shut it down. You don't want anything but what God wants. Don't want nothing but what God wants. Have no private opinion anymore. If I want to know what my opinion is, God will give it to me. Got it? Okay. Number nine, identify your gifts and callings and purpose. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. See, I left this a long time. You think you're supposed to get those things way back there? No. Once you identify as a son, then you got to go to the, in the gifts of the Spirit and you start to minister. Wow. Pray for the sick. Prophesy. You start to find out how all the gifts work in you. I've been talking about it for two days and I can't go back there and reteach that. Those of you who came heard some good stuff. And you find out how the gifts work in you. You find out how things work and you learn your purpose from doing your ministry in the gifts. You'll never learn your purpose ahead of time. If God will tell me my purpose, I'll go do it. It don't work that way. You got to follow the Spirit of God. Lord, I'm yours. If I have a purpose, I don't have a purpose. And as I follow him, all of a sudden he's, he sends me and, and, and Langston calls me and I know I'm supposed to come to Tifton. How do I know that? How do I know I'm supposed to come here? Because I know what my purpose is. He says, I need someone to come and do this. I said, I'm your guy. Your purpose and my purpose is the same. See, if someone comes and asks me to go do something else, I say, I'm not going over there. Why? Because that's not my purpose. I don't need to know that. I don't need to get involved in that. I've tried to get involved in things. You know what happens? Nothing. It only happens in my purpose. How did I find out my purpose? I'm chasing after the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Desire the gifts in order that you may prophesy. Lust after, chase after, grab a hold of. Ah! I'll go 500 miles to go to a prophetic meeting. Get involved. Norm, you do that? Do it all the time. Do it all the time. Every Wednesday, Tuesday night, I think Tuesday night, we used to go up to... We used to go all the way to Boca, we went all the way up to Boca or something from Miami, drive for two and a half hours to go to a meeting. One night, and then drive home, get home at three o'clock in the morning, go to work at seven. 
Why did you do that? Because I needed to be where there was an anointing I could draw from that I could gain the experience I needed to fulfill my purpose. If you don't know your purpose, well, first I feel sorry for you because you need to know your purpose. How do you know? Say, you some, I hear somebody saying, how do I know I got a purpose? Because you are you kidding me? You're important to God. When God created you, he had a plan for your life with a purpose. He's always had a purpose for your life. If you're not doing it, that's on you, it's not on God. Well, I didn't know how to do it. I know, that's why I'm here this weekend. You go pray two hours a day in tongues and submit yourself to the pastor and six months from now, he'll have you out healing the sick and doing all this stuff because you're going to come for training, okay? And then you'll be out there doing, your, doing stuff and all of a sudden, a door of opportunity opens up and you'll go through that little door of opportunity and wow, there was your purpose all along. But you've come through all the steps. See, you don't. You got to come through the steps first before you find out what your purpose is. You find out your purpose in step nine. All these other things have to happen in your life. You'll never understand your purpose till you go through the first eight steps. They're important to your life. And then when you get to step nine, you find out how the gifts work. See, that's why I took I took Melissa for this morning. I want her to experience ministering with the prophet. See, you hear a prophecy a year from now, someone needs to hold that tape for her. You, she'll hear that prophecy here, and she'll hear it a year from now, you say, wow, night and day. Oh, yeah, but she's stepping into her purpose. See, she's going to, that's how you find out what it is. You come up here and do it. Some things you'll fail at. How, do you know that's good? Well, that's not my purpose. I'm not supposed to do that. It's obvious that's not my calling. How would you like me to come here and pretend I'm a singer and get up here and lead worship and sing? See? You say, man, that guy can't sing. What, what, why does he think he's a singer? Misguided purpose. Spiritual people can see it. But I'm telling you, even tone deaf people can tell if you can't sing. Okay, let's go. Okay, next. Person gains experience in ministry. Say experience. Your experience in ministry proves to you how your giftings work and what giftings you have. And if you don't function, you'll never know. And if you never know, how will you ever find your purpose? If your purpose is leading people to the Lord and you don't go try, how will you ever find out that's what it is? I got a friend of mine. We took him to Ecuador 2007. We go to Ecuador. We take, bring all the bags. We're going down with the car to go to the, go to the embassy. We're bringing all those bags. And by the time we loaded the bags in the car, he walked over and led the security guard to the Lord. Two days later, we're going from the church to the TV station. And by the time we left here, it's 15 minutes from one to the other. By the time we got there, he led the taxi driver to the Lord. Why? He's an evangelist. He's an evangelist. No matter where he goes, he gets people saved. Now, you know what he used to be? He used to be a used car salesman. He knows how to ask the question. He's a pro at asking the question. Don't you want to know Jesus? How would you like to have Jesus in your life? He knows how to do that as smooth as anybody. Because he said, what about the car? See, most people, when they go to buy a car, if the salesman don't ask you, do you want to buy it? You walk away and don't buy it. He knows how to ask the question and get you a sign. You'll find yourself buying a car you don't even like. I'm serious. He's a salesman. That's what he does. Well, he, he, he does that for the Lord. The best I've ever seen. See, best I've ever seen. See, how do you find that out? He talked to a lot of people about the Lord. 
See, the more experience you have doing stuff, the more you know how you're geared and what your giftings are and what's inside of you. You also learn to yield to the Spirit of God. If you don't learn to yield to the Spirit of God, then, then why be a Christian? You might as well go do something else for a living. You know, you, know, you, know, you got it? Okay, good. Number 10. One more. Okay. Beast, I need five guys. Casey, you come. You come up. You come up. Um, Bill, you come. You come up too, Lawrence. And you come up. Come on, put you to work in the ministry. Bring your cane inside. Okay. I want you to circle this guy. See, now it'd been easier to leave him. See, but I'm not going to leave him. Why? Just because he's got a cane and he can't walk doesn't mean he shouldn't minister. Okay. I want all you guys to take your chisels and your hammer and start to shape him for the work of the ministry. Start to shape him for the work of the ministry. See, what they're doing, this is a five-fold ministry. You have to have access to the five-fold ministry, to the apostle, to the prophet, to the evangelist, the pastor and teacher, to be shaped for the ministry, for the, what you're supposed to be. Without this shaping, let's say this with me, without this shaping, nothing happens. See, see you got to say, man, this has got to happen in my life. Now, if Lawrence decides not to bring in someone here to do those four things, you got to go someplace else. But he's an apostle. He knows he's got to bring in the five-fold ministry. That's why he brought me as a prophet. Can you catch this? So, so, but some churches, one man says, I'm going to teach them everything they need to know. No, you can't. You can't even teach them everything you know. Well, that's not sure. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. So now we got them shaped. We got them shaped. See? Listen, look at, no, you stay here. He's in number 10, right? Number 10? Number 10, he's shaped, shaped by five. Now, some of these things are quick because they're events. Some of them take time. But here we got this guy, he's way over here. He gets saved, boom. Translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of some. Boom, he gets water baptized. He goes in the water, the whole life's passed away. He comes up to newness of life. Boom, he gets filled with the Holy Ghost. He speaks in tongues. He starts to prophesy. Thus saith the Lord. Boom. He goes in here. All his traumas and all his inner healing take place. Boom. He learns to live in the kingdom of God. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He learns to live. I got to live with this temperament, with this attitude, and with these things working in my life to be effective for the kingdom. Boom. He goes to number 6. What's number 6? Okay. I got to be. Well, I got the wrong sheet here. I got to learn to live. In the kingdom, I five, six, seven. What did I miss? Oh, I forgot number four. Oh God! You got to learn to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Then you get healed, inner, inner healing, deliverance. Then you go to number six, learn to live in the spirit. Then you go to number seven, you learn to live in the spirit in the fruit. Over here, you learn how to care, contain, contain yourself. And submit to God in your attitudes and your thinking. Over here, you learn to love by faith. You cannot love unless you do it by faith, unless you let the Spirit of God love through you. Number eight, you learn your identity. I'm a son of God. Wow. I have all the attributes of God. He made me in his likeness and his image. In Corinthians, excuse me, Acts chapter 11, verse 26, the Gentiles called the believers at Antioch, Christians for the first time. That's where the name came from. These people are little Christ. They were representing Jesus in the world. When people looked at them, they saw all the attributes of Jesus Christ himself. They said, these are little Christ. They don't get offended. 
They love everybody. You can kill them and they don't squawk. I mean, they were great. They're doing miracles every place they went. Wow. Christians. Most people shouldn't be called Christians. Okay, that's another deal. I won't go there today. Okay, so now we got him. He gets shaped by the fivefold ministry. Oh, no. Then he goes at nine. He learns his, how his giftings work. He learns the, how does he learn that? By praying for the sick, by prophesying, by ministering in things, getting involved in deliverance. I, I wish I could tell you how I first got involved in deliverance, but that's too scary for you guys. Oh, no, I can do that. And, uh, <laughs> and then you go over here, and you'll you be, you be, be shaped by the body, I mean, by the five-fold ministry. Now he's ready for number 11. He's going to make a decision. I want you to make this confession. Lord, Lord. I've come through the 10 steps. By an act of my faith and the decision of my will, I take upon myself the responsibility to be an ambassador. I'll go where you send me. I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll speak what you tell me to speak. And I won't do anything on my own. I won't say what I want to say. I won't do what I want to do. I'll obey you totally. Every place I go, I will represent you honestly and truthfully and in the spirit and in power. See, now he's an ambassador. Now we're going to take him to step 12. Now we're going to send him. This is important. This means that the body, in this case me, I'm the body, I look at his life, I say, you know, Langston, you've done everything that needs to be done. You're, you're a mature ambassador for God. He's not perfect. He's mature. That means he gets mad once a week instead of every day. Or once a month instead of every week. You know, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? He's mature in the Lord. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't get offended. He knows how to lead people in ministry. He knows how to minister life. He knows how to cast out devils. He knows how to raise the dead. He knows how to heal the sick. He knows how to prophesy. Okay, he knows how to do all that stuff, and he's good at it, and he understands who he is. He understands how his giftings work. He understands he's a prophet, and he's not an apostle. He understands he's a prophet, and he's not a teacher. He understands he's a prophet, and he's not an evangelist. He knows who he is. See? This is, this is, this, you have to know this stuff. Now he's an ambassador. Wherever he goes, he's going to represent Jesus, and because he's called to be a prophet, he's going to be a prophet. So I say to him, Langston, you've proven yourself in the ministry. You've come through all these steps. We've watched your life. We know that you know what's supposed to take place. And so now we anoint you. We lay hands on you. We anoint you, an ambassador for Christ. Go forth now. Now listen, you, don't, you go where you're sent. You don't necessarily go to Ecuador. That's not what that means. You go where you're sent. That's the key. Some of you aren't going to leave this church. You'll be here all your life. But every time you're in the streets of Tifton and they see you, they don't see, they don't see covenant, new covenant. They see Jesus. See, that's what you represent. You, don't represent. you represent the church second, and you represent Jesus first. You represent Jesus, and they say, wow, where did you come from? I want to be like you. What church do you go to? Hey, come over to that church. I'm telling you this is true. All my people tell everybody they know, if you want your life to change, come be with Norm and Margie for six months. If you come and stay with them six months, your life will be changed forever. I'm serious. Everybody in my church believes that, and that's what they tell other people. And the ones who come and stay for six months, they're totally changed because we take them through the process. Now, some takes longer than others. Some takes longer than six months. Some things it takes a while because we don't always have all the activity we need. 
You understand? But I'm just saying, six months I'll have you. You'll be totally changed. You'll be different than you ever were. Okay, so that's what the process does. There has to, churches have to have a process that takes care of every one of these things. That's why I'm going to give him the sheet. He's going to get your sheet. He's going to get Inez's sheet. He's going to go down there and say, oh, Inez, check no here. I got to have a program for Inez. So then he looks at the sheets. He finds he's got 10 people. So he calls up Bill and says, Bill, on Tuesday nights now, I want you to start a class, and you're going to address this issue. And everybody in the church, I got 10 people. Lawrence calls him on the phone and said, listen, I see that you have a lack in this area. I, I got a special class for you for six weeks. I want you to come on Tuesday night, and Bill's going to cover this and develop this in you. That's how this stuff works. So that after a year, everybody's gone through all the steps. And you represent this church in Jesus the way you're supposed to. And he knows what you need because you told him. Okay? Have you all got your seats all marked? Some of you, the seats are on the ground. I know that some of the kids, they, 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 they didn't finish. But you know, that's all right. That's all right. The adults got it filled out, right? Yes, they got it filled out. Okay, good. So anyway, now you're, 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 you're completed number 12 because I've sent you. So okay, now, now let me tell you. I've been here for three services. I've preached about this stuff for three services. That's a total of about six hours of teaching. So let me ask you a question. What are you going to do now? Lawrence, ask him, what are you going to do now? <laughs> no, no, you got to be specific. You know, you know where that's at. Come on, tell them what you're going to do. Come on. See, this is, this is where the rubber meets the road. See, did this mean anything to you? You went through all these steps. I know you have. It's, time, it's commitment time. Are you going to make a commitment to the church? Am I manipulating him? No, I'm forcing him to declare who he is before the Lord. Yeah. Hold him accountable for what he told me he wanted to do. Did you want to be an ambassador for Christ? Yeah. Are you willing to come here every Friday night for six months? See, that, that's, tell, tell them, I'm going to come six weeks, at six months, I'm going to come on Friday night. Tell them. Six months, I'll come on Friday night. And I'm going to teach how to be prophetic. I will teach you how to be and my wife's going to come and help me. Will come and help. And she's going to bring their kids, they're going to put the kids in the front row. And you bring the kids and put them in the front row. So that they can be prophetic with us. Because they're also prophetic. Hey, come on. <laughs> hey. You're going to love me for this. <laughs> why? Why, am I, why is he going to love me? It's going to change his life. Ah, come on, you got it. You got it, April. That's great. Pastor, it's all yours. Oh, gather up. You got your seats filled out? Hand them in. Get ready. Set them down at the end of the aisle. Ushers, come, come collect them. Yeah, if you got it on your heart, you said that. Got some volume for me? Give me some volume. Woo! -hoo. I'm submitting to the pastor. He didn't tell me exactly. He said I could do what I wanted to do. What do you want, Casey? Oh, God, you got to turn it in. All right. Let me see here. I need some volume, please. Give me one more notch. 
Whoa. There, there we go. Good. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, you guys are good. I told you guys that. Beverly. I heard the Lord say this, Beverly. I was thinking about you this morning. The Lord says, you come and you watch. And the Lord says, no more watching. You got to get involved. This is your season to find out who you are. And the Lord says, you're going to be glad you did. Inside of you, there's been parts of you that have never been fulfilled. Parts of your life that you're unhappy about. And you said, I'm never going to have that. I'm never going to have this. I'm never. And the Lord said, that's right. You're not going to have those things. But the Lord said, I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to reveal to you the anointing that's on your life. And it's going to be so great and so wonderful that the things you don't have will no longer matter. You're going to find your purpose. It'll wipe everything away. The things you've been longing for won't matter anymore because you'll have that which your heart longs for. And the Lord says, I'm going to bring you out of that cocoon you're in, and I'm going to make you a winner of souls. And you're going to move in the prophetic word. And you're going to be able to pray for the sick, and they're going to recover. And the Lord says the new anointing will consume you. And the Lord says you'll be glad, and you'll say, I'm glad I didn't miss my destiny. Okay? I just see you, I see you got a hurt heart. Things that didn't happen the way they were supposed to happen. And the Lord says, the past I don't deal with. I deal with futures. I can heal you from the past. Put your hand over your heart. Father, we pray over Beverly right now. Father, we say that heart will be totally healed. All the broken promises and the disappointments. Father, we cast them away from her right now. We break that spirit of depression that had been hovering about her, Father. We call her clean and whole and completely free from all the chains of bondage that have held her in check and have been holding her back from her destiny. Father, we thank you for her life. Father, we appreciate her. We value her, and we receive her as a member of the body of Christ. The Lord says, you've been visiting this church way too long. It's time to become a part of the life of God here for yourself. The Lord says, you're not your mother's helper. You're a child and a son of God. The Lord says, come take your rightful place in the body. Amen. Hey, come on. You got to get excited about this stuff. I heard the Lord say this. The change that's coming for you is going to be hard for the people around you. But the Lord says, don't you worry about that. I got stuff for you to do that's really important. How many know that everything God has, it may look important, unimportant to you, it's important to him. How many know he loves Beverly so much? that he wouldn't let me walk by without ministering to her. That's how much he loves her. See? So, so he cares for you. What's your first name? Mike, I knew, I knew, I just forgot. Okay, Mike, God's got stuff for you to do. In this next program, you're going to find out what that is. First off, you're going to have a prophetic ministry. You're going to have a healing ministry. You're going to be part of that, of, that, of that flow in the body. And the Lord says, you're going to find out something else. You're going to find out that you're really good at it, that you got a faith that's really alive. you got a faith to believe God. You just didn't have a place to release it. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you a place to release it, and it's going to work for you. Amen? Amen. Are you a couple back there? Okay, right? You're a couple? Okay, stand up. What's your name? Okay, I heard the Lord say this to you, that this is your season to change how you live. 
And I just, I just saw you. You're pretty happy with your life. But the Lord says there, there's an excitement that you're missing. And the Lord says if you don't seek me and let that excitement be added back to your life, five years from now, you're not going to be happy with one another. This is not a threat kind of a thing. Don't, I don't, I'm not trying to threaten you into something. I'm just telling you that you can't sustain your life together without the excitement of the Holy Spirit in your life to the level you want. And one of you is going to be disappointed in the other. And the Lord says, you're not the person that's supposed to supply that. It's I'm supposed to supply that to each one of you, not only individually, but collectively. The excitement for living, fullness. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you a new reason to live and a new place to live it. And the Lord says, you both need to grab a hold of it and make real decisions this week about how you want to live. And come see pastor and say, look, I've been holding back. I'm ready for it. The Lord says, if you'll give yourself to me in this next six months, you're going to find out, you'll find greatness in your life. The Lord says, don't, don't let it pass you by. Okay? You guys got tremendous ministry in you. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody yell. Somebody shout, good. I'm glad you did that. It's a good idea. How many know that I could have just sat down? I was ready to sit down. He said, he said, are you through? And I said, well, yeah, I am. He said, well, I said, you want me to minister? He said, well, he said, you know, how's that going to flow? I said, if you want me to minister, I minister. How many know I don't have to have a woo-woo heard from God thing? I'm just flowing in who I am. Right? You ready for this, right? You heard him, didn't you? You be there. Make him come. He don't want to come, but you make him come anyway. Look at her. She's, she's like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> Are you coupled? How you doing? Father, right now, what's your first name? Ricky. Ricky. Father, right now, I just pray over Ricky. Father, I ask you to bless his life. Father, I want you to add all the missing pieces to him, Lord. Father, that he can accept who he is and the fullness of what you have for him, Lord, this next season, that he and his wife and his son can enter into the things of God at another level. Father, I thank you for his life, Father. You preserved him for this day and for this time. And I thank you that the three of them, this is your son, correct? He looks like you, yeah. That the three of them are ready for what you have for him. Father, I give praise to you for what's going to happen in this next season. In Jesus' name. I heard the Lord say, Ricky, that, that you don't know everything that's happening. And the Lord says, you're not going to know for a season. All you got to do is press in and make yourself available to me, says the Lord. You make yourself available to me. I'll show you how it's going to be. Listen, the Lord is gentle and kind. He's never asked me to do anything that was hard on me. Never. He loves me. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm his favorite person in all the world. And I know that he only has good things for me. And so I want to go with him wherever he's going. If it's Ecuador, I go to Ecuador. If it's Tifton, I go to Tifton. This has been one of the greatest weekends. It's been such a great, what a way to start the new year. I'm so glad I came. See, And so you say, well, Norm, you're giving out. You're not taking in. Oh, no, no, no. It never works that way. I've enjoyed friends here. I've been out to dinner with everybody. It's been a great four days. It's been a great time. We're not done yet. Hallelujah. Are you, you guys a couple? You have children? How old are they? Oh, young, little ones. Little ones. I heard the Lord say, whatever you want that child to be, 
you have to demonstrate it before them. See? In other words, in other words, if you want that child to be holy and good all the days of its life, then you got to be holy and good in front of them. And the Lord said, if you want them to be spiritual, then you got to be spiritual. So the Lord said, this is a season to walk in the spirit and take your child into the spirit and show him or her, it's him or her, a boy, show him how to live. The Lord says there's a prophetic call on his life. I'm not calling him a prophet. He's four years old. I'm not going to call him a prophet. If you'll raise him in the spirit, you'll see the fullness of his ministry before he's 20. I'm just telling you. And if you don't raise him in the spirit, if you just bring him to church once a week, it's destiny. My wife and I were separated for a season. Don't be shocked. It happens to everybody once in a while. We, got, we had an issue. How many of had an issue being married? See? Okay, we had an issue. Yeah? And we decided, I got a son who's a prophet. And so we came back together to raise my son as a prophet of God. And he's a prophet, and we love each other, and we're married for, for 30 years. Okay, so you, so you have to choose to be godly. We got to love each other by faith. And it worked. I loved her in Christ, and now I love her in the prayer. I'd rather be with my wife than anybody in the world. Okay? You understand? So, so, so if I wanted my, our boy to be who he is. He, he was a prophet of God before he was born. Before he was born. We prophesied over him. When, listen, now listen to this guy. This is good. My son got mad at God. Remember I told you he got mad at God? See, and he got healed. But you know what he did? You know what, you know what held him? If he came here and preached, he would preach a sermon called The Anchor of My Soul. He said, I could run from God. I could run from my parents. I could run from the church. What I couldn't run from was the prophetic words that had been spoken over my life since before I was born. He couldn't run away from them. Those were real. He knew they were real. And those prophetic words anchored him in God until he walked in God again. Come on, this, stuff, this, this spiritual stuff is so important. Having a, all the kids, if all you had time, we'd bring all the kids up here and we'd prophesy over all the kids. And you'd take those tapes and you'd play them for the kids once a week and they grew up knowing their destiny in God and that's all they'd want. That's what prophetic churches do. You're making notes, right? Okay, see, that, so it changes their destiny if they know where they're going. We got a friend of ours. He was a pastor. I said, what do you think your son's called to be? He said, well, I think he's called to be a pastor, but we're not telling him. How do you know he's not a pastor today? He didn't know he was supposed to be a pastor. My wife and I looked at one another. We didn't get involved. None of our business. Okay. But our son is known from the day he could understand English, he was called to be a prophet of God. And he can't run from it. And this year, he's got a child that's a year old. This year, he's coming back in the ministry with us. Oh, yeah. He'll be here in this, in this city in March. So we're coming back for something. Okay. You raise that kid up. Push it. The more you know about the Spirit of God, the more you can teach him. You can't bring him. You got to come with him. You know what I mean? You can't send him to a school that teaches prophetic. You got to go with him to the school and be prophetic. That's how you teach kids. In other words, if you prophesy, he'll prophesy. You need to come to school and learn how to prophesy. I'm going to tell you this. You learn to hear the voice of God for people, and you tell someone, like I just told Beverly, change your life forever. See, there's nothing better than just flowing with God. I'm serious. This is good stuff. 
you two back there, you guys need to get ready. You need to change the tenor of your group. You got a system for your group. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to tell you don't do something Lawrence don't want you to do. Okay, come on. I'm just telling you that there needs to be a spiritual element that's been missing. So you got to come into school with, with Langston so in your ministry you can prophesy and pray for the sick when they need it in your ministry. So everybody comes out of there healed and whole. That's what leaders do. Not prophets. That's what leaders do. The giftings are available to you. Sir, you've got giftings you've never used. And the Lord says, time to use them. This is the season for it. And the Lord says, you're going to find out that you're good at it. The Lord's going to give you revelation about the hearts of people. I see you loving people. You've got a heart of love for people. And the Lord says, I'm going to show you how to express it in such a way that it'll change them. You love them and you hurt for them. I'm going to show you how to fix them in the spirit. And it's going to change your ministry and your life. Oh, come on, I love this stuff. One more, one more. I got to get the young man. I handed him the flag and said, wave this flag. And he started waving that flag. Bold man right there. Come up to dance. Now, I know that you could probably dance better than you danced up there. Probably. See? But I understand. Listen, if I can get you to dance before the Lord, I can get you to do anything for God. And if you won't dance before the Lord, everything is so hard. It's so hard to get you to prophesy if you won't dance. Why? Because if I can't get you to give expression in your body, how can I ever give you to give expression from the Spirit? Thanks. I heard the Lord say this. Get ready. I'm going to rock your world. Get ready. I'm going to rock your world. I, I saw you with a tremendous, tremendous anointing for revelatory teaching. And the Lord says, before the year's over, you're going to want to quit your job and teach. But the Lord says, you're not going to be able to because you've got to work. But the Lord says, I'll open up avenues for you to teach the deep, rich truths of the Spirit of God. And the Lord says, you'll, you'll be able to carry that. You'll know more about the Spirit of God than anybody you know. And you'll become a teacher of the things of the Spirit. That means you've got to experience the things of the Spirit. That's part of it, too. But the Lord says, you'll be able to do that. Well, I'm effective because I've done stuff. Can you understand that? I'm effective because I'm doing and I've done what I'm telling you to do and what God wants to do. I've done it. That's how come I'm effective. It's not because I'm so smart. It's because I'm I'm, I, I just I did it. I know what it feels like. I know what it's like to hear a voice from somebody, from God, and move and watch what happens. I've moved by the Spirit and didn't hear him and watch what happens. Listen, living in the Spirit with God and moving with him and watching miracles take place, I mean, listen, that's nothing better than that. It's like, it's like I'm partnering with the Holy Ghost, the Paracletus, the Holy Spirit. He comes alongside to help me be supernatural and be great in the Spirit and give glory to God in the Spirit. Wow. And you can't do it unless you get in the Spirit. Is this making sense to anybody? I'm hoping you're getting stirred up because I'm here to ignite you for the next season as they start to bring instruction about how to live in the Spirit. Okay? You ready for this? You got stuff going on in you that's not settled. The Lord says, make up your mind, settle some things. But the Lord says, if you'll settle them, if you'll make up your mind, I want to be great with you, God, the Lord says, immediately things will start to happen. It's not going to take two or three or four years for you. You're, you're almost you're inside you. You're ready for something great. The Lord says, just grab a hold and go with God. Watch what he does in your life. Amen? Okay, good. All right, guys. I love the flags this morning. Okay? 
See, the flags are an expression that comes from the inside. It comes, those flags, come. They're, they're a spiritual demonstration to God of what's going on on the inside of her. That's why they're so beautiful. I heard the Lord say this. That's not all you guys are going to do. It's okay for Sunday morning, good expression. The Lord says, you need to have an expression during the week in the streets of Tifton. The Lord says, I'm going to use you guys greatly. You look at me and you're saying, I'm not so sure of that. And the Lord says, I'm sure. The Lord says, I'm coming to get you. I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone, and I'm going to bring you to be with me where I am so that you can learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And the Lord says, watch what happens in your life. Amen? Got to stop right there. Oh, the sound booth. Wow. Wait, you guys never waved at me. Stand up, you two. I thought you married. You're not married yet, right? You're not married yet, okay. Separate, separate, separate. Okay. Will, I heard the Lord say this. I know you're in the sound booth and you're a servant, and that's really great. The Lord says you have to know that the ministry you're called to is far greater than working in the sound booth. And the Lord says the spiritual ministry is going to outshine anything you can do even with sound and engineering. The Lord says I'm going to put you on a platform and you're going to teach my word and you're going to flow in the spirit to, in a greatness. You're going to, Casey's going to look at you and say, man, I don't know where he gets that stuff. I'm just telling you right now, you got a calling on your life for full-time ministry. How old are you now? Loud voice. How old are you? 19. Before you're 22, you're going to be looking at your options and say, man, I got to teach this stuff. I got to go preach the gospel. I got to go. The Lord says, watch the pressure that's going to come on you. The Lord said, I'm coming after you, and I'm not going to let you alone. Yeah, you can go to college. But the day you're filled with college, the Lord says, you're mine. You get ready. You young lady, I heard the Lord say this. You don't rely on your beauty. You probably don't even think you're beautiful. And the Lord says, inside of you, there's a, there's a spirit that needs to be expressed that will far outshine any physical beauty you have. And the Lord says, I'm going to have you come, and I'm going to have you give expression prophetically, and even in the dance, the Lord said, there's things I'm going to, you're just going to have to express it or die kind of a situation. There's, it's going to be stirred up on the inside. And the Lord says, you also are going to do great things. You're going to travel a lot. You're going to travel. When Langston starts to travel, him and Inez start to travel, you're going to travel with him. You're going to do some really, really tremendous, tremendous things in the next few years. You need to get ready for them. You're going to be really, really spiritual and really, really astute in the word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Amen? Amen. Okay, I got to stop. You know something? I didn't give you guys a word. You're 68 years old, and the Lord says, just keep 39. doing 39. Oh, excuse me. Okay. So <laughs> the Lord says, if you'll keep doing what you're doing, that's good. But the Lord says, press. Press. Don't be content. You're both mature in the Lord, but there's, there's places you need to push till you're uncomfortable. Okay? Your prophetic ministry really needs to come to the forefront. You need to come every Sunday morning, grab a mic, and just wander around and minister to people, the two of you together, and become a prophetic team. I'm just telling you, you got richness in you. You know about your life. You know that you're mature and that you got it together. But there's another expression that God wants from you. You got to lead this prophetic thing. You know? 
Really, you got to be examples of the prophetic ministry in this church. Learn how to teach the kids how to prophesy. Change your life that way. Change their lives that way, too. Why don't we all stand? Hallelujah. So what's next? What do we do now? Let me give you let me give you some things that I had said yesterday morning and last night, and I want to it bears repetition this morning. Number one, you got to take everything that he has talked about, everything that has been ministered to you, and write it down. If you're not willing to write it down, if you're not willing to look at it, if you're not willing to take the effort and the time to write it down, then it doesn't mean anything to you. And that's fine if it doesn't mean anything to you. But if something has been stirred in you, if you have been moved, if you feel like there's a, a drawing coming from the Spirit of God in you, something drawn, then I challenge you to write these things down. Go back home. Go back over them. Meditate on them. Look at them. Read them. Lord, what are you saying? What do you want me to do? What's my part? That's the first thing. Especially if you got a word. If he just stood up and read your mail in front of everybody. You got to take that. And you gotta you gotta hold it up to the Lord because He is yeah. That's right. The destiny words for everybody. Take that, hold it up to the Lord, and say, Lord, is this what you're is this what you're saying? You, you either say He was on it, He hit it, or He missed it. If He missed it, then that's fine. He'll say that. But if He hit it, now you're responsible for it. Now we're and guess what? I'm gonna hold. We're gonna hold you accountable for that. Now, the word accountable doesn't mean you hold somebody to a standard of what they should be doing. In other words, you should be doing, you should be doing. You're not holding, you're holding them accountable for what's inside of them. I'm holding you accountable not for what you're not doing. I'm holding you accountable. We're holding you accountable for what you should be doing because that's what's in you. I'm not expecting you to be, <laughs> I'm not expecting you to be a prophet if you're someone that shows mercy, but I am expecting you to show mercy. So our heart has always been and will always be to identify, ignite, and activate the gifts that's inside of you. So somebody said, well, you know, uh, he just basically you know, Langston just started a program and didn't even, we didn't even go through the proper chains of command. We don't have to because I know him and I've told him for how long have I said it? I'm waiting on you. And now he's, now he's going to do it. When, when, what Friday are we going to kick it off? Until, yeah, I told you that too. When, when, when do we want to get this thing started on Friday night? Not this Friday, but the next? Or this Friday? In March. Okay. Now, we're going to take this. See, there's a lot of things that he has imparted into, into me. There's a lot of things that he stirred up in me. And so I'm praying and I'm pressing and I'm, I'm identifying and processing all this stuff. All right, Lord. We, him and I got together. We talked two or three times. We prayed. We knew this is what. Now he's come in and dropped it like it's hot. Now what? We're going to be setting up. See, uh, yesterday was originally set up to be our first growth track, meaning it was our first session where we bring people in and we begin to do what he has done all weekend, just not in that detail. But that's good stuff. I'm going to steal all that. Can I steal all that? Put, trademark it. 
So what's happened now, we've shifted. We've taken a step. We're, tra- we're changing direct. We've changed direction. There's been a, a page that has been turned. And now we're going to begin to implement things in place to begin to train, sharpen, and equip all of us to go out these doors and to begin to do the work of the ministry. Amen? All my connect group leaders, if you're here, would you raise your hands? Barry and Ina. Uh, Michelle, Casey's here. Um, where's everybody else at? Kevin and Trish aren't here, right? And Earl and Carol aren't here. Okay. Go online. We'll have it up online. Or you can call the office and find out where everybody's meeting on this Wednesday. That's your next step. I'm telling you that's your next step. Because all of us were, have been in here, we've been charged, that's our next step. Get plugged in. Begin that process. It starts with this. That's what it starts with. It starts with a step. All right. I'm, and what does that mean? What does that look like? Come find out on Wednesday nights. Okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, just stretch your hands towards Brother Norman and Miss Margin. Hallelujah. Can we pray over you now? Is it our turn? <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for their impact. <clears throat> we thank you for their life. We thank you for their ministry. Lord, we thank you for what they have imparted into us. And so, Lord, we ask. Lord, I ask you, as a son of God, I ask you to unfold his ministry in a greater way in his latter years than he's ever known before. Lord, the doors of opportunity that have been, um, those doors that were shut, Lord, I pray that they would be reopened. Lord, those that have uh, the opinions or even the mindsets maybe that have been skewed because of lack of knowledge, lack of revelation, or lack of understanding concerning him, his personality, Miss Margie, her personality, I pray, Lord, that light and revelation would be open right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the gift of God that they are to the body of Christ. We release that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I heard, I'm just going to say some things. I heard the Lord, you know, say that, you know, people, <clears throat> sometimes people don't like your personality. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to put my brother on the spot. Okay, so we, we were riding home last night, and he said, you know, I'll be honest with you. At first, I didn't like you. <laughs> he said, but then he said, I don't really care what you think. I'm going to preach what I like. And he said, I don't know. I like that. He just don't give a, you know, he doesn't. That's that radical. And, you know, I heard someone say, a long, a long time, uh, not too long ago, that if everybody was like me, it'd be a boring place. And so the prophets always have an edge to them. They always have an edge. And, 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 and I just feel like encouraging you and saying, that's okay. God's a big God. He can clean up. Uh, he, all of us mess up. But there's something about that edge that he's gifted you. And I just want to encourage you to keep that edge. Prophet, I just want to thank you for being a uh, prophetic father. Uh, we know that there's a divine connection between our relationship. I knew even 12 years ago that you would have an impact on this church, and you're our father to this church. Um, I want to thank you for praying for this church, being patient, and continuing to love us, and still calling out the call of God upon this church. 
I thank you for being my prophetic father and even drawing and pulling that gifting out of me. And I just want to see that that just expand itself and that there be a fire in your belly that you will continue to just go out and to speak and to spread your gifting as long as you're here to all of your sons. There's ministry in you. You are an apostle. You're a prophet, apostle, teacher. You carry all of these gifts so well, and you turn them on and off. And it's one of the amazing things to me as I even begin to talk about you because sometimes I don't know what to, what to call you. I just call you dad. This is what he does. This is what he said. And because of this, I can trust him. Uh, I thank you for being here during this season, for coming when you were called. And I look forward for the further relationship that you will have with this church and with this leadership here. Also, I'm excited about the fact that you are coming in a month or two to Tifton to expand and to even spread this out. Because it's not just these walls. It's about your destiny and calling out and having impact on the world. And see, there were words that were spoken over you at one time that said that you would have an international and national outreach and you've done all of those things and you're continuing to press forward don't stop don't look back take no prisoners in what you do because it is so vital for this next move of god that is coming margie you've just been a blessing i want to thank you for holding this man up but you're gifting even by itself there are times when you will stand out and you will continue to go forth and do your own conferences alone and you will take women and you will speak and you will prophesy and you will write, and you will have records and CDs, and you will do all of those things. Don't be afraid of those. Let go of his coattail during those times because your own ministry will not be daunted by what he does. So also, I hope you receive that. <laughs> and just want to say we love you and we bless you during this time and this season. Amen. You know, you get a word and you're like, okay, Lord. And when he said impact, you know, when he said impact, when you impact, there's a force. And uh, sometimes it, it, it breaks things. It leaves an imprint in things. And uh, you shared seasons. And I believe in seasons. And I believe the Lord said that your season ahead of you is greater, greater than anything. The stuff that you've done in the past, and you've said yourself I, by experience, I know things by experience. And he said the things that you've done in the past, that season compared to this season isn't even to be compared. That the season, because of it's his time, it's the time in the earth. It's his time he set in the earth for things to change. The closer he gets, the more things need to change. Kenneth Copeland, back in the 80s, he said, we're here, and the end is here. And all the things that have not happened have to happen from here to here. So things speed up. Things have come at a greater speed and things become more refined things you could do 20 years ago you can't do today because time is up that's for all of us but he said season is changing season is changing
We're supposed to be a team, so I have to have something too. That's what Prophet just said. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I told you earlier, God's been speaking to me about you're talking negative as far as your health. Oh, okay. He's already told you. Okay, confirmation. Listen to your wife. Okay. The Bible says death first, not life. Death and life is in our tongue. Okay? You're not, you're not old. You're not old in the kingdom. Are you? Does the king? God has a work for you to finish. And you're going to finish it. And when it's time, then he's, you're not going to be sick and old when the Lord takes you. He's just going to take you. Okay? So get that mindset. Margie, every time he says old, every time he speaks anything negative like that, you, you point your fingers. Mm-mm, you are not. God is, has, is restoring both of us. Not only Norm, but you too, Margie. You're going to begin to feel strength in these bodies through the Holy Spirit that dwells in you both. And you're going to feel that strength and that fire more in the coming years than you've ever felt. Because you're going to finish this work. And you can't finish it with a sick and dying body. You can't. So, in the name of Jesus, these bodies are totally healed. There's, there's gonna, you're going to begin to feel sparks and heat in the top of your head to the soles of your feet and say, yes, God, I receive it. I receive it. And you're going to begin to dance again. Not like you were at 65, but at 25. You're going to begin to feel that strength and, and that newness and, and all that you felt when you were young. Because God says, I... There, there's no age in the kingdom. You don't grow old in the kingdom. You're not of this earth. You're a kingdom son and a kingdom daughter. And I'm well pleased with your obedience to my work that I have for you here. And you have planted seeds. And, and your children, don't worry about any of your children. They're my children. You gave them to me years ago. You said, God, they're yours. We had them for a while, but they always belong to you. And the prayers that's been prayed is always before the Father. So just go do the work that he's called you to do, and he'll take care of the rest. And I, I want you guys to know how much we love you. We honor you. Um, you guys have just become soulmates to us. We just love you so much, and thank you for the time that you've spent here, and we pray there'll be many more times as we hook up and work for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. I, I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to be as, as bold as Miss Carol here, but that was kind of, you know, the Lord led on my heart. Uh, you know, Romans 4 and 17 you know, he's talking about Abraham. His name was Abram, but then he changed it to Abraham, the father of many nations before he was, and calling those things that are not as though they were. Yes. So 
if you feel pain, if you, you're not denying that it's there, but you deny the right that it has to be in your body because you are a son of God. And I just declare, and this is what the Lord has laid in my heart, that he is going to take 20 years off of your life, Brother Norm, and 27 off of yours, Miss Marjorie. I don't know why it is. I'm just saying what I hear from the Lord. But I just declare that in Jesus' name, that the youth will be renewed like the wings of eagles, and you will accomplish everything that God has called y'all to accomplish as a couple and individually in the name of Jesus. Well, Lord, we thank you for this weekend. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. We love you. We honor you. And we say Jesus is Lord. Be glorified. Now, Lord, as we step out, we're ambassadors. And we take this message. We take this power that lives within us. And we exercise it. Even if we're not sure, we're still going to exercise it by faith. We thank you for open doors, prophetic words, us just living and breathing who we are. And that's a believer. And the believers shall lay hands on the sick, prophesy. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday night.